What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, well... <laughs> This today's show is supposed to be the Yusuf Nurkic season preview. Um, we're running up, you know, up to the start of the season. We're going to go through every player on the Blazers roster and do a a, a preview of, of what they're going to bring to the team. And today's show was penciled in to be the Nurk show. I mentioned it on yesterday's yesterday's episode. If you're an everyday or you already know this, is, this was the Nurk show today. And um, to be totally like just upfront with you, dear listener, you don't deserve to have to sit through 30 minutes of me talking about Yusuf Nurkic, and I don't want to do that right now. Let's talk about the the more pressing stuff at hand. Nurk might not even be on the team. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but let's not waste either of our times. Let's, ins- let, let's instead have some fun today, or at least some uh, get some juicy goss going in, on the show and talk about sort of the latest whirlwinds from the Damian Lillard ongoing and perhaps ending at some point here in the near future, the Damian Lillard saga. Last week, we talked about it, uh, that, that, that the Raptors were in on Dame. Talked about, you know, the Raptors could put together an enticing package, but there's going to be some risks for them. Then over the weekend, it seemed pretty clear that that uh, the Raptors, it would be, OG Ananobi would be the centerpiece of a Raptors trade, and, and and along with Grady Dick, that was reporting from Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, who first reported that that would be, that would be the centerpiece of a Raptors trade if it involved requiring Damian Lillard. But over that same weekend, kind of in between, uh, on Monday, like I recorded that Sunday afternoon, on Monday the news came out, reported by Matt Moore of Action News Network and the Locked On Podcast Network, that uh, the the raps were maybe out. They were out on Dame. Uh, and so it's like, oh, okay, maybe this was just, you know, smoke that really heated up last week. And like, as this stuff kind of goes, it's, it's close. It, it gets out. It leaks for whatever reason. Uh, and then things just die down uh, particularly with the Raptors one of the least the least trading most considering trading ass teams in the history of the sport uh they you know it, it seems like it died down but then more reporting has has seemed to come up that the Raptors are indeed in they're in they are it, whether they get it done or not remains to be seen but they're in they are very serious about or at least have have given the impression to the league and those that cover that they're very serious about acquiring Damian Lillard. So that's going to be what today's show is about. Kind of what the package looks like, what the risk the Raptors have to undertake, and whether it makes sense for the Blazers as it's sort of been reported slash speculated. Um, I will say this just as a caveat. I do think reading comprehension is at an all-time low uh, during these sort of... Um, during these sort of trade frenzies anyone who who has anyone who's mildly informed and who speculates uh people gravitate onto as they are reporting gospel from the mouth of messiah ujiri um or joe cronin or whoever whomever whomever it might be that you want to read or that you would like to, to hear from um media literacy 
not great around the Damian Lillard stuff. So let's see if I can parse some of it um, and help you understand where we're at um, while being respectful to my colleagues in the media. So according to Mark Spears of ESPN, Toronto is the front runner. They're, they are they are they are truly truly after it, and this is um, coming sort of on the the heels of the reporting from Matt Moore that the Torontos maybe eh, maybe it's, maybe they're not actually that in. Spears comes back and says they're in. This kind of happens around the league. It's like you know people hear from di- different places. Um, you know if it doesn't come to fruition, it doesn't mean that Moore was right and Spears was wrong. If it does come to fruition, it doesn't mean um, that 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 Spears is right and Moore is wrong. It's like it's just um, things change quickly. But in that report um, from from Mark Spears of Anscape and ESPN, he mentioned that the Heat and the Blazers just haven't talked very much and that the Heat deal included Tyler Hero and two first-round picks. And this is like immediate literacy I want to I just point out here. That's not the only part of the deal because it's, it legally can't be done. That would be the featured part of the deal. It's basically the Heat are saying, Tyler Hero is the centerpiece of the deal and we're offering two first-round picks. Not a whole haul of picks. We're not going to unlock a third pick and try to get that OKC pick for you and get three. We're not offering picks and swaps. Two picks in Tyler Hero. And this happened, you know, um, in July. And the Blazers said, yeah, that stinks. No thanks. But that's not the only part of the deal. It would have had to include salary matching. would have likely had to include some other players. Um, Just, you know, alone it would have had to include Duncan Robinson or, or, or Kyle Lowry. You know, Brian Windhurst reported last week that the Heat just like maybe aren't that motivated to trade for Dame. And I think that's fine. Um, like, I, I don't think the Heat are in the top tier of Eastern Conference contenders, but if you've made the finals and been as successful as, they've been, as they have been recently, and they're just so good at like turning, um, you know, G-leaguers into high-level NBA contributors in the playoffs, maybe the Heat are confident that they can do it again. And they probably have a track record to believe they can be. But if they're not serious about trading for Dame, it, and the Blazers are saying that that package stinks. And again, the reported package from Spears is not the whole package. Media, media literacy here, dear friends. But if the Blazers don't like that and the deal isn't getting any better, then like the solution is obvious. You go find something else. The problem that I was sort of running up against in sort of my logic was like, what is the something else out there? Who was the other team that might be willing to do this? Because it has to be a certain type of team. I never considered the Toronto Raptors. I did not consider them that type of team. And yet, here they are. Seriously considering, according to, to uh, a variety of sources including locally in Toronto, where Ryan Wolstad of the Toronto Sun wrote a column that includes what I'll call informed speculation, not reporting on what the, what the talks have been, but in, it's a column offering informed speculation of how the Raptors can offer a deal that might appeal to the Blazers that would also help them without mortgaging their future. It is a column offering an idea. It is not reporting. It's Wolves is, is plugged in, um, probably good, solid speculation and probably and a very reasonable, logical um, conclusion. It is not hard reporting on the deal. Media literacy, I'm giving it to y'all. I'm really harping on this because I like read the internet before the show started and I was blown away at the level of understanding folks have um, with how this stuff works. I don't know, read the source material, use your brain. Uh, or listen to Locked on Blazers and I'll like be mean about it in the opening segment of the show. That's the promise is that I'll be mean to you. Um, or at least I'll be harsh. 
But Walls, Ryan Wolfsat, reports that or speculates that the Blazers, you know, have been linked to OG in the past. They were interested in OG and Anobi in the past. So like a, a deal centered around OG and Anobi and Grady Dick, as previously reported by Yahoo Sports, would be the sort of centerpiece of it. And it would likely also include some quote from Wolfsat, something like the 2026 Raptors first round pick. Uh, the Raptors owe a lottery, a top six, excuse me, not lottery. Big difference. Top six protected pick to the San Antonio Spurs in 2024, 2025, 2026. So they couldn't trade an outright pick until 2028. But they're probably not going to be one of the worst six teams in the league next year. So that pick will convey. And then they would be able to trade their first round pick in 2026. And uh, potentially other picks like they could trade 26 and 28. I don't think you're going to get two firsts, but you might get um, Grady Dick, an unprotected first, and a swap, as Ryan Wolstadt uh, speculates in his column as well. OG Ananobi, an unprotected pick in 2026, a swap in 27 or 28, whatever you end up agreeing to down the line. Grady Dick, money, the big guys to make the money work, so let's call it Precious Achua. Um, that is a pretty appealing package, at least on its face. OG Ananobi is good. Uh, Grady Dick is, you know, a six foot, he's six foot eight and he can really shoot it. Coveted skill set, right size to play in the league. Precious Achua sometimes looks like he's going to be really special, sometimes isn't. If you maybe you're not a Precious Achua person and you really prefer Christian Coloco, sure. You can get an, a, a, the, another big you want. You can even maybe make the money work and get Chris Boucher if you're, uh, if you're an Oregon Duck listening to the program and you really want Boucher, Montreal Zone. Probably have to get some salary filler in there too. Otto Porter Jr., Thaddeus Young. If the Blazers were to expand the trade, perhaps Gary Trent Jr. could be involved. At one point, uh, or excuse me, last week, Jake Fisher had reported that OG Ananobi was going to be the centerpiece of a Dame swap, but he could be rerouted to Phoenix as part of the Blazers uh, uh, to make the money work for the Blazers to get uh, to get DeAndre Ayton. I had mentioned on the show on Monday show, you're listening to Wednesday, September 27th show. Uh, happy birthday, dad. Uh, big birthday for my father. Happy birthday, dad. Thanks for listening. Uh, but you, you know, and I had said that I didn't, uh, I didn't know if I love moving OG, but I can see why the Blazers wouldn't be enamored with keeping him. And that's kind of what I want to talk about now. It seems like the heat have not upped their offer from July. And it seems like the Blazers have moved on and found a real partner. But it is a real partner with a real offer that is truly appealing, albeit maybe not as sexy as you wanted Donovan Mitchell style. It's not five picks. But it's like a proven young, you know, a flyer on a, on a young pick, uh, young recent draft pick in, in Grady Dick, potentially two firsts or a, or a first and a right to swap one. Uh, you know, maybe you get a couple swaps in there, right? Maybe the Raptors bet on themselves and say, swaps, we're not, we're not worried about those. We're going to be good. But it comes with some risk for both sides. It comes with some risk. This is not a no-brainer. This is a deal that comes with obvious risk. Let's talk about the Raptors' risk, now that the Heat maybe are out of this thing. And let's talk about why it may or may not make sense for the Blazers. That's what we'll do in the second and third segments. But before we get there, I want to tell you about Jace Medical. Look, 
Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides life, five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to the medication in an emergency. Jace case makes sure you have that very medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to get you started to the licensed pharmacy medication delivery so you make sure you can pick it up where you need to, plus the ongoing and consultation care that you're going to need. Don't get caught unprepared. Instead, check out Jace Medical and get $20 off life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right. So, I think the Raptors deal is legitimately very enticing. And if you're a longtime listener to this program, which um, hopefully a lot of you are, if you're not and you're new to the program, become a longtime listener. Become every day. We do this five days a week. It's the only daily Trailblazers podcast. Um, if you made it, if you made it to segment number two, I bet you'll enjoy the show. the 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 Raptors have an enticing deal. But I, but if you're a longtime listener, I got sidetracked from my from my own <laughs> trying to trying to hook you into listening to the show. I got sidetracked, lost my lost my train of thought. But the 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 Raptors, the Raptors have this intriguing deal, and I hadn't pegged them as a team that was going to be in the mix, right? I didn't think they were going to be in the mix because I thought it was going to be contenders. The Raptors trading for Damian Lillard. I don't think they are top-tier inner circle contenders by trading for Dame. And it's been pretty clear by Damian Lord's people behind the scenes through some back channels, he doesn't want to go there. But Toronto may be willing to take this risk. Uh, you know, you can equate it to the Kawhi Leonard thing. It's not the same thing. Kawhi was a finals MVP at the time. Um, he, you know, he... he he had one year remaining on his contracts. It was basically like, if this doesn't work out, we can we can be another thing in the future. And this is like a you know, I, I think he was he was certainly younger, uh, but just like a better basketball player at the time than Dame is right now. Dame's great. He's really, really, really good. I don't mean to under like undersell him. I'm a I'm a pretty big believer in Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard, but he's just not what Kawhi was heading into the 2018-19 season. Just I I think it's just it's just factual. He's not. A little healthier, <laughs> shoots shoots from further away, but they're not. It's not the same thing. So, while the Raptors maybe have have taken a similar risk in the past, I don't think it's one to one, and I don't think trading for Dame puts them in the inner circle of contenders. But I don't think the baseline or the like the the sort of litmus test for trading for a player should be, does this make our team a, a, can, is this make us immediately a championship level team? It's not, it's not a zero sum game. I know there are people who believe that. Like I, I, I think Nate Duncan is one of the smartest people who covers, um, who covers this league. And I think he believes that he believes that you make moves to win a championship. And if you're making moves that get you short of a championship, it's a mistake and you got to build towards that. And like getting caught in the middle is bad. I probably disagree with that. I think the point of, Building a basketball team is to give your is to have good players on it and give yourself a puncher's chance. Are the Raptors in the inner circle of contenders? No, they're not. I don't think so. I don't think they're better. I don't think with this trade, like a version of this trade that gives them a core of Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Damian Lillard, and and Jakob Pertl, uh, I don't think that that four 
player core is better than what the what Boston has. And I don't think it's better than what Milwaukee has when Milwaukee is at full strength. I think they would be immediately on the tier or probably above, but right in that same range as Philly, right? If everything goes right and you really squint, it's not that hard. You don't even have to really squint. Mild squint, you could see them making the NBA Finals. Sure, sure. I think the I think Toronto would be that good. It's Dame plus length. It's the thing that Blazer fans have been screaming forever, right? What if Dame just played with big old skilled forwards? Like, what if he just played next to, to players that were really just a lot bigger than him and could defend and make plays and do like do the things that Scotty Barnes and Siakam could do. And you got a defensive anchor and, and Pirtle, who's going to be a great pick and roll partner with Dame. If they end up on the same team, like, yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, yes, it, it, they would be a really good team. There's no doubt about it. I don't think you have to be in the inner circle to make the deal, but it comes with some risk. Because Pascal Siakam can walk next summer. Uh, if Dame is doesn't enjoy it, then he ends up. You end up in a place like the Blazers, where Dame is saying next next summer or whenever it might be. I want to play somewhere else. Get me out of here. And then you've mortgaged some of. You've taken a risk and it hasn't worked out. Sometimes you got to do it. And I think the Raptors are in a unique position where they truly have to make this move. Not have to. That, that's that's overstating it. The Raptors are in a unique position where they have seen the challenges of 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 holding on too long. Kyle Lowry walks. I mean, he ended up being a sign and trade, but he basically walks for nothing. Fred Van Vliet walks for nothing. Um, I guess Kawhi walked, but he was always probably going to, and that was part of the inherent risk. You could throw Mar- Marcus Gasol if you're really a hater in there. Marcus Gasol walked. Ended up going join joining the Lakers after you know played a season and then a half the half season in the COVID year in the in the bubble year and then he walked. They you know have a chance to have Gary Trent Jr. enter free agency this summer, Pascal Siakam enter free agency this summer, and OG Ananobio is a player option. He's certainly going to opt out of and enter free agency, become an unrestricted free agent. It's like you know if if you don't make this move, if you don't make a move you have a chance to have this era walk out the door on you. And while Masai Ujiri has been someone who has long been rumored to get close on deals, he's Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge North, getting oh, so close to making the big deal, offered five first-round picks or three first-round picks for OG Ananobi by the, by the Memphis Grizzlies, but didn't, you know, didn't pull the trigger. So close, so many times. You know the the Pascal Siakam uh, to the to Atlanta stuff that was that was rumored. Like there's just the OG to Portland last uh, you know two drafts ago on on draft night when it was going to be OG and, and number for number seven for the Blazers, right? Close but no cigar. If Masai Ujiri doesn't make a trade and it gets and it's just gets stuff that gets talked about loudly in the media for ten days and it just doesn't happen, that wouldn't surprise you. It's happened before. But I think in some ways. What has happened over the last few seasons, say three three to four seasons for the for the Raptors, and and the potential to lose more players of this core in free agency this summer if they were to walk, I don't think Pascal will. I bet he if he's still Raptor he'll resign. But OG and 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 um, is almost certainly going to leave because if they prioritize Scotty and Pascal, there's not that there isn't just the natural room for him as a um, you know to be to be that guy. I think it, I think there's enough evidence to suggest that that he wants to spread his wings a little bit more. And if Gary Gary Trent Jr., who 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 
opted in, thought he was going to leave this year, but opts in and then walks and you and you lose him twice after, you know, have a chance to lose him twice. Is that is is the is that worry enough for the Raptors to pull the trigger on this and even sweeten the deal beyond just OG Grady Dick and a first round pick and then the money to make it work and swaps? I think there's incentive there. There's risk for the Raptors because Dame might not want to be there and it doesn't guarantee you a championship. It guarantees you to be one of the, you know, three, four best teams in the East. You got to stay healthy. You're still not going to be super deep. Depth will be a problem, but you're going to be good. Be good. That's going to be a good basketball team. There's risk for the Raptors. But there's also risk on the other side. There's risk for the Blazers. I think Portland, to me, this deal is a good deal, but it doesn't totally make sense to me. Let's talk about why I'm, I'm not confused by it, but I think it is, like, I get, I get it, but I, there is part of it that is puzzling to me. Let me try to unpack that puzzle for you in the third segment. Why this deal doesn't, isn't super clean in my eyes for the Blazers potentially trading for OG and Anobi. That's what we'll do to close the show. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Okay. So we talked about the Raptors risk. But there's some inherent risk here for the Blazers as well. The very, very basic part of this is that OG Ananobi has a player option that he's going to opt out of and enter unrestricted free agency and go get a whole bunch of money. But the Blazers will have his bird rights. If there's one thing Joe Cronin do- has done, it's give dudes give dudes he has bird rights on a lot of money. Congratulations to Yusuf Nurkic and Jeremy Grant. That's the basic risk, right? Is that you're trading for a guy that might walk. But sure, sure. Like, uh, I think there is enough incentive and OG Ananobi is like exactly the right type of player who would fit with the you know fit with the young guards and next to Jeremy Grant and like make like a formidable team that that the risk would like give him 82 games for the Blazers let him you know figure out if he enjoys the city enjoys the system and then let him figure out if he enjoys like 125 million dollars or whatever it is you know give him the money's going to talk right if the Blazers can offer him the most money and the longest contract Guess what they'll do to keep them? This is what team non-glamour market teams need to do. They offer the most money in the longest contract. And the Blazers, with his bird rights and with as 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 you know, the incumbent team will have the opportunity to do that. The flight risk doesn't worry me too much. It's actually the other part. Part of my perception of a Dame trade was that the Blazers were going to get what teams usually covet when they are trading players. And that is Young players on team-controlled contracts, like cost-control contracts, draft picks, and expiring money, like get out from under some money. If the Blazers were to trade for OG Ananobi and offer him a fat contract, and I don't even know off the top of my head what it would be, but like Jeremy Grant money, let's just call it that, five for 160. That's, you are you're not doing the thing that a rebuild typically includes. You're kind of locking into a core. And let's even go further, right? Let's go to the Blazers dream, Blazer fans dream Dame trade scenario. The Blazers 
strike a deal with Phoenix and and Toronto. They acquire OG Ananobi, and as part of that deal, they get Gary Trent Jr. They reroute him to Phoenix. They send uh, Gary Trent and Yusuf Nurkic to Phoenix. The Blazers get back DeAndre Ayton. Suns get what they want. They turn uh, DeAndre Ayton's money into two playable players who can play in the playoffs. Two Blazer legends. Blazer bubble legends. Shout out to Disney. The Blazers get DeAndre Ayton. They get OG Ananobi. They get Grady Dick. They get draft picks. This rocks. Miami, you screwed up so bad. How can you screw this up so bad? You let the Blazers get out on the market and find a real deal, and they found a real deal, and they just... Ooh, it must be tough. <laughs> I think the Heat will be all right. But I want to be a hater. That's like a dream scenario, right? That's a dream scenario. A couple of you have emailed me about it. Actually, a lot of you have emailed me fake trades over the last week, and I have ignored them because I am protecting my peace. <laughs> so if you have emailed me a fake trade to LockdownBlazers.com or LockdownBlazers at gmail.com, and I've LockdownBlazersPod at gmail.com. That's the email address. If you've emailed me one there and I've ignored it, yeah, I'm doing my best, y'all. But I I got a lot of Dame trade stuff in my brain. If the Blazers do that, that, I think that like on the very basic surface level would be a kick-ass job by Joe Cronin. A kick-ass job by Joe Cronin. But it would be a little bit odd You got DeAndre Ayton on a max contract. You have Jeremy Grant on this big old contract. You have, uh, you know, best case scenario, you have OG Ananobi on this big old contract. And you're kind of locked into your group in like one season, right? Now, you could, you know, you can trade players. It's not forever. But... I don't know that Jeremy Grant's going to get you back the things you want in a trade. You don't sign OG Ananobi to then trade him, you know, a year later or whatever, right? Like you you, you trade for you trade Dame for OG Ananobi and sign him to a bunch of money because you want him to be part of the plan. DeAndre might be really good if he gets out of Phoenix. I'm not sure that he's. I don't think he's going to be like this, like surefire all-star once he's freed from the shackles of the desert. But like, I think there's more. I think there's a chance that his game is. Um, with a little more room, I think he, he he could be better. Like I think there's more there could be more to him just in like a better setting, right? Just a new setting, change of scenery could 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 unlock some of what he does. That team might even like be a low level like like a a team of Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, OG Ananobi, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Ayton with Shaden Sharp and Matisse Thybul coming off the bench, along with you know let's let's call it. Precious Achua, Grady Dick, and Nazir Little, and Jabari Walker. Like, that team is going to be in the play-in. Like, that's... If, you know, that's... That that team's... Like, they're not at the bottom of the West. It's a chance they miss the play-in, sure. But, like, you could probably close your eyes and talk yourself into that team just outright making the playoffs. I know you believe... Typically, when teams rebuild, they want to spend a couple years down in the trough. I've talked about this in the past. If this is year three of the rebuild, perhaps the Blazers think they're on the rise. And this t- these types of moves this summer would allow them to get out of the trough quickly, not end up as a bottom five team in the league and, you know, hunting for a top three pick in the, in the, 
in, in the draft. Is that a good idea? I I I don't you know I'm pretty I'm pretty I, I think I've been clear on the show that I I haven't enjoyed the tanking seasons like that they have not they have not been fun for me. But I think it's like objectively usually the right strategy. And I also think that I am it is against my spirit to say hey don't build a a pretty good team don't do it. But I think I've watched enough of the Blazers over the last 10 years that I've been doing this professionally and a little bit longer when I was just someone who liked the NBA but no one was paying me to watch it. To have real concern about building a darn decent team quickly and getting caught in the middle. And I'm getting... The horse is so freaking far out in front of the cart in this segment. Like... It is so like, I can't even see the damn cart. The horse is gone. We left the cart. So we left the cart at the beginning of the episode. But I think the dream scenario for Blazer fans, and I think it is a fun dream scenario that you should dream and enjoy it and all of those things. It strikes me as an odd approach to the rebuild. Would it be fun? Hell yeah. I would. I would enjoy the heck out of it. But it strikes me as a path back, a pretty aggressive path back to the middle. Unless Scoot Henderson is a star and then you have built this really solid wing core of veterans around him. And if he's ready to go in year two or year three, you are like if he's a if he's a star in year three, right? If he's like an all star in year three, you've got a locked in like really solid team around him. And maybe all of a sudden it makes perfect sense. But it strikes me as a little bit odd. Just not the path that I thought they would go on the rebuild. But I thought that Dame was going to get traded to the Miami Heat. And certainly that still could happen. Certainly it could still happen. The Heat could come out and find a find a late-inning miracle. But um, it does seem like the Heat are out and that the Blazers are pursuing other trades. And that other trade could include OG Ananobi and it could include DeAndre Ayton. And then you've got young players entering their physical prime, potentially on long-term deals locked up. It's kind of what you want when you're building a team. It's just not the path I thought they would go. And it does challenge some of your future flexibility. But typically flexibility just means we're going to be bad because we don't have an opportunity to be good. Maybe an opportunity to be good is right here, right away, and you can pivot off Damon to what's next. I like it. I am a little I am a little puzzled by it. It's it, it's like one of those what this is and I'll leave you with this bad metaphor. Uh back in back in the 90s, you could go to the mall and they would have magic eye pictures just up in like a kiosk in the mall. It'd be like a place, it would be like the kiosk that sells um uh, right around this time of year, it'd be like the kiosk that sells um calendars. But they would also sell posters that would go in your dorm room. I grew up in a college town, so maybe this is unique to that. But like they would also have magic eye posters and you could stare at them and maybe it would be a dolphin jumping over a waterfall if you got your eyes to unfocus the right way. This Blazers trade thing is kind of like one of those magic eyes. 
I'm staring at it. I feel a little cross-eyed, but I do see a pretty cool dolphin and waterfall. And I'm like, yeah, Uchiananobi and DeAndre Ayton would be tight. It's weird, but it would be one heck of a haul. Okay. I waited so far into the I don't get it speculation waters with that dolphin and that waterfall that I've got to get out and because usually I try to keep the show somewhat rooted in reality. But we're having fun. Promised you fun at the beginning of the show. Got to fun at the end. Um, am I going to do a Yusuf Nurkic season preview on tomorrow's episode? <laughs> I, d- I doubt it, y'all. <laughs> it's certainly on the calendar, but... Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do another show tomorrow because we do them five days a week. But this has kind of thrown a wrench in my plans to the point where I can't tease what's next. So I'll tease you this. Tomorrow's show will be in your feeds, however you listen to this or if you're watching on YouTube. It'll be fun. You'll enjoy it. Tell your friends. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.